ready tonight? Let's give thanks to the Lord. Here we go. You ready? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good. He is above all things. His love endures forever. Forever you are with us Forever 
place tonight. We're very grateful and honored to sing your praise, to know that you are a forever God. And Lord, that eternal place that Levi was talking about this morning, Father, only you can fill. And Lord, tonight as we come together to hear more about what you desire for us, more about who you are, and more about what you want us to become, oh, Father, we want to become more like you each day. And I pray, God, at, at the closing of this service, as we walk out these doors, as we go to each of our own personal mission fields that you have called us to, may we be what you desire for us to be. May we shine our light. Lord, even those discouraging times, may we shine our light. Even in those times when we don't understand, may we keep shining the light that you've given us to shine so that all may be drawn to you. In your precious, holy, holy name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. You can be seated. Choir folks, band folks, you guys can head off. Just going to tell uh, Daniel, if you let me hold that stone, I'll find out if it's a diamond for you. Where are you going? I was just kidding. Uh, you got a Bible with you? Open it with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 6. Thank you men for going and uh, sharing the love of Christ with those particular, um, that area. And uh, we're going to pray God will continue to use those individuals to reach out with the Gospel. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36 will be our text tonight. So why don't you stand with me in honor of God's Word. Luke 6, beginning in verse 27. You've got that in front of you. Say amen. And the Bible says, but I say to you uh, who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. And if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But if you lend to those uh, from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners uh, in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Let's bow together. Father, uh, thank you for your word. Use it tonight to uh, continue to make us more like your son. Uh, speak to every single heart in this place. And continue to equip us to go forth with the good news of the gospel, living as kingdom citizens, uh, seeking to uh, help others understand who you are and to uh, share the light of the gospel. And God, I pray as we continue to be astonished with the life and ministry of Jesus that it would motivate each one of us uh, to live lives set aside for your namesake and for your glory. Uh, and God, we thank you. Uh, for what you're doing in this church family. Thank you for the three individuals who gave their heart to Jesus this morning. Uh, thank you for the individual who gave their heart to Christ last week and was baptized this morning. And we would pray that you continue to open doors for the gospel. And we would be boldly proclaiming truth that lives might be changed and that we might be disciples uh, that live in such a way that honors you and that glorifies you and that you would look down upon this fellowship and be pleased with us 
as we faithfully serve one another uh, for your name's sake. In Jesus' name that we pray, everybody said amen, and you can be seated. Luke's Gospel, as we continue the uh, subject series entitled Astonished. Well, the message of Jesus outlines for those who would be part of his community how they would live. Their lives will be distinctly different from others. The disciple of Jesus should have attitudes and actions that are different than that of a lost world. We've briefly looked at the attitudes that are distinctly different this morning. Uh, The true disciple understands his or her great need for God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says. The true disciple understands his or her great need to surrender more and more of self to the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. A true disciple has a ferocious hatred for sin's desire to rule in the body. Uh, Jesus said, blessed are you who weep. The true disciple maintains the audacity to stay faithful to God when being persecuted. Blessed are you when men hate you. Jesus does not pull the wool over the eyes of his disciples. The call to follow Jesus Christ will not be an easy journey. In fact, Jesus says to his disciples in another place in the Gospels, I send you a sheep among wolves. Uh, That doesn't sound promising. In fact, that doesn't sound safe. Well, the life given to Christ, uh, life following Christ is not a safe life. Paul the Apostle speaks about the Christian life as being hard-pressed. In 2 Corinthians 4, he says, We are afflicted, we are crushed, we are persecuted, struck down. We are, listen to this, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. Paul's heart in Philippians chapter 3 and 10, he says that I may know Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, listen, the fellowship of his sufferings. You know, it's interesting whenever I read that text and that's actually uh, imprinted on a picture that is in uh, the office here at the church that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. I can get down with that. Can't y'all need some more power? But then the Bible says, and then the fellowship of his sufferings. Uh, Now, I didn't make the picture that's in my office, but I do note uh, that that phrase is actually not on the picture. So whoever put that together, they were like, let's not put that part, the suffering part. But indeed, apart from suffering for the sake of God's name, We fail to deepen our knowledge of Jesus. Jesus knew that anyone who lives for eternal values will be in trouble with the world's crowd. But how do we live when we face persecution? How are we supposed to look completely different than those who are outside of the faith? Or we could continue with our thought from this morning, what does a genuine disciple look like? Now tonight, I think God is going to speak to many of you on how you should be responding to those who stand as enemies in your life in the workplace, as enemies in your life in the home, as enemies in your life in your neighborhood. So I want to encourage you to listen closely to what the Lord may be speaking to your heart tonight. How do disciples of Christ live? A couple of statements I want to give you. First of all, we must actively favor bullies of our faith. We must actively favor bullies of our faith. Now, most of us have experienced a bully in our lives before. I know I have people picking on me, always picking on me. There were two bullies on uh, my elementary school bus. They were older than me. They were also meaner than me. And one day they came up to little Levi. Can you picture him on the bus? I wasn't tall until I graduated. I was just a little boy. And they told me, we're coming to your house this afternoon to beat you up. And that's the G-rated version of what they actually said. 
I went into the house all kinds of scared, nervous as a cat, uh, ran up to my mom, you know, because your mom is always there to comfort you and to protect you and, you know, help you in times of great distress. So I said, Mama, these two guys are picking on me on the bus and they're coming to beat me up this afternoon. They told me to meet them out in our front yard. What should I do? And my mom said, go outside and wait on them. God bless her. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> Y'all want to know what happened? Nothing. They were so scared of me, I flexed and they ran. <laughs> I, think that, uh, I think they were shocked I was outside. I know I was shocked that I was outside. I thought out there, good night, my mama hates me. But anyway, so uh, as we live our life of faith, there are always going to be people who will bully on us. That is, they will nag us, they'll argue with us, they ultimately hate us and set themselves in opposition toward us. Jesus uh, how do we respond to these who oppose us? Jesus, how do we act in these kinds of situations? Verse 27, I say to you who hear, love your enemies. What? Love them? That is not the natural response that rises up within our souls when we are bullied for our faith. We don't want to take our enemies out to lunch. Uh, we want to feed them a knuckle sandwich. Can I get a witness on that? We stand up and shadow box our enemies and daydream about what it would be like to tell them off or jack them in the jaw. That's what I do. Are y'all still out there? But Jesus says, love your enemies. Now, the term love is agape. It means to show unconditional love. It carries with it the idea that we actually show active favor towards those who are our enemies. Uh, but Jesus, if I show active favor to the bullies of my faith, I will look completely different than everyone else who opposes people who oppose them. That's the point. How can I show active favor toward bullies of my faith? Verse 27, do good to those who hate you. The word good here means to act rightly and correctly toward another person. The term hate speaks of uh, disfavoring a person. Those people who hear you are a follower of Jesus Christ and they begin to bully you and show disdain for your lifestyle in Christ, don't show disfavor and disdain back towards them. If you are done wrong, don't do wrong back at them to get even. Instead, do what is right towards them. Do what is correct. Verse 27, bless those who curse you. Now, the word bless is the Greek word eulageo, where we get the English word eulogy from this term. Now, we normally think of giving a eulogy at someone's funeral. I know what some of you are thinking. Uh, I wish there was a funeral happening for my enemy, right? Give a eulogy there. But the word curse means to systematically tear you apart with vile and vicious language. This can actually be cussing. Uh, this can also be sarcastic remarks concerning you and your faith in Christ. So what do disciples of Jesus do in this kind of situation? Well, Jesus says we bless them. That is, we speak good words. We don't respond to cussing with cussing, cursing with cursing. We respond with good words. Is that all, Jesus? Verse 28, pray for those who mistreat you. The term mistreat speaks of being maliciously used by another person. That is, you are completely taking advantage of. Have you ever been taken advantage of? I know I have before. How do we respond? Prayer. We pray for those who maliciously take advantage of us. We lift them up to the Lord. And then we can say, okay, Jesus, that, that's, that's it, right? I mean, that's as far as it has to go, right? Verse 29, whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other cheek 
also. You know, some people are like, you hit me on the cheek and I'm going to turn another cheek. It's going to be yours. (laughs) Think about that. Now, I'll be honest with you. I dug into that word hit. I really wanted it to mean something other than punch you in the face. And guess what I found out that it means? It means to punch you in the face. It's literally what it means. Uh, There are some who are so vehemently against the Christ in you that they will look for an opportunity uh, to hit you. The natural response will be to throw down with them. However, that's not the case here. Jesus is like, uh, let them hit you in your jaw and then offer your other jaw. Now, let's make sure that we keep this verse in its context. It describes a person who is in opposition to your faith, wanting to provoke you to anger. That's the picture here. They're seeking to push your buttons to a point where you will respond, and they can say, I thought you were a Christian. You know people like this. Some will push you to a point of actually striking you. Don't retaliate. The disciple of Christ will not allow even physical bullying. Keep him from losing his testimony. And this happens all the time. Whenever you're living for Jesus, people want to try to press you, push your buttons, get you all riled up. And uh, that most often happens in the context of family, those who know you the best. Maybe they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, and so you begin to live for Christ, and then they get around you at some social function, some family get-together, and they just want to push you and irk you and try to get you all riled up. And as soon as you lose it, that's when they say, man, I thought you were a Christian. That's their goal. Jesus says, man, don't retaliate. Don't allow them to push you to a point where you end up suffering your own testimony. Verse 29, whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Now, the word take speaks of grabbing something in suspense. Remember when you were a kid, uh, you know, you might grab another kid's hat and hold it up in the air. Y'all remember this? And so what you're doing is you're holding it up in suspense, and then you throw it to your buddy back and forth, and you're kind of bullying your friends. See, I did here. Jesus is like, There will be some who so hate your faith in me that they will take away your stuff and hold it in suspense all to get you to respond negatively. So don't give them the opportunity. Instead, give them your shirt too. So what is the overarching principle of this text? We must actively favor bullies of our faith. Actively favor them. That is drastically different Uh, than what our culture would encourage us to do. But in doing so, we build a platform uh, that we might be greater disciples of Jesus and shine our lights further into the darkness. But then there's a second reality. We must display active generosity toward others. Look in your Bible at verse 30. The Bible says, Give to everyone who asks of you. Whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. It speaks of living a generous life toward others. Christ followers are not stingy, greedy people who are incapable of displaying generosity. When a person in need asks and you have the ability to help, you need to seek to give to them. However, we give with no strings attached. That is, we give with no desire to receive anything in return. We lend to those who are in need with no ulterior motives. If someone takes away what is yours, this carries the idea that you gave something to someone and perhaps they destroyed it or uh, perhaps they still have it in their possession. Do not ask for it in return. Don't demand it back from them. 
Verse 31, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. And the word treat here simply speaks of our behavior toward others. We're to behave toward others as we would want them to behave toward us. Now follow with me here, this is awesome. The idea is more than not doing wrong. Uh, This idea is more than just doing good. This idea actually encourages Christ followers to actively pursue ways to do good to other people. This has a stage of pre-planning in it. Uh, This speaks of pre-planning ways in which we can express generosity toward other people. That's the lifestyle of the believer. We're looking for ways to be generous. Now, Jesus uses the next two thoughts to express the reason for living in this manner. The reason we actively favor bullies of our faith is found in verse 32. If you love those who love you, hey, what credit is that to you? If you only show favor, listen, if you only show favor towards those who show favor to you, what credit? Uh, That is the term kairos in the Greek New Testament. It means grace or unmerited favor. So think about it like this. If you show favor towards those who show you favor, what kind of unmerited favor does that show another? Jesus goes on in verse 32, for even sinners love those who love them. So now Jesus is saying that if all we do is show favor to those who show favor to us, we are living by no different principle than those who are outside of the faith. Therefore, our lives give no evidence that we are followers of Christ Jesus. Now, did you hear that? If you do not actively favor bullies of your faith and display unmitigated generosity toward other people, then you're showing uh, others that you are not followers of Jesus. The reason we display active generosity toward others is found in verse 33 through 34. The Bible says, if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those who, uh, from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. And then here again, Jesus is saying that just doing right by those who do you right makes you no different than a lost world. Just lending to those you know will give back to you. Well, that's not living differently than those who don't follow Christ. Christian living, disciples shining the light of God's grace upon a dark world are those who live graciously outside the lines of those who are gracious to them. If we don't display active generosity toward others with no strings attached, then we are not showing ourselves to be true disciples of Christ. It's wild, isn't it, to consider what this text is calling you and I to do. And somebody may be here going, well, why in the world would I do that? What is the motivation behind all of this? Well, motivation number one, we live like this because we are God's family. Jesus restates his message in verse 35. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. So what Jesus has done is he has come and he has shown unmerited favor towards you and I. Granted us the opportunity to be adopted into his family. Given us the DNA of heaven with the spirit of God residing within us. And so those of us who are following after the Lord Jesus Christ and are a part of God's family, we now reflect the DNA of heaven. And we show unmerited favor to those, listen, who don't deserve it. That's why it's called unmerited. 
It's the same favor I received from Jesus. Did I deserve his favor? No. Did I do anything to get it? No, not at all. Jesus didn't look at me and say, I tell you what, I'm going to save you, Levi, because I, I think you can do some great things for me. No, no, no. Jesus looked at me, a sinner, and just decided to put favor and grace on me. And now we look at others who are outside of the faith, who do us wrong, and inside our flesh, we desire to do wrong back to them because that's what the world teaches us to do. But we shock everybody, including ourselves, when we respond to those who do us wrong in the same manner that Jesus Christ responded to us who were once enemies of the cross, children of the wrath of God. That's how we look differently. So we're God's family. That's why we act like we do. I could kind of say it like this, uh, act like your daddy. Motivation number two, we live like this because this is how God has responded to our lives when we were enemies. And then you see it right there in the scripture, verse 36, and it just restates what Jesus has already said. He says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Before Christ, we were enemies of the cross, children of the wrath of God, but by faith we're transformed and the mercy of God was given to us. And God's mercy just speaks of uh, not giving us what we deserve. What did we deserve? Death, damnation, and hell. But God chose not to give that to us. Instead, he gave us mercy. And therefore, as ones who have received such unbelievable and unforgettable mercy, how could we live any differently toward others? So we actively favor those who put us down in the faith. We display active generosity toward others. It is in this activity of life that we stand apart as his true disciples. As we live this way, we shine like never before. Isn't that awesome? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Help us.